0: Welcome to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Podcast in Scottsdale, Arizona. We are Christian Disciples in Mission. It's hard to believe we've reached our 40th anniversary as a parish community. That's four decades there and a lot to be grateful for. But I think, even though we know it's hard to be joyful right now with all that we're encountering in real life, I kind of look to you as an understanding of what anniversaries and milestones are like. I look at you who are married, who reach anniversaries, or those who have a profession that you love, or a place that you enjoy working, and you've been there for years and you hit a milestone, or maybe a birth milestone on your birthday as well. But I always enjoy talking to couples, especially those who are hitting their 25th anniversary. And I always ask, well. Did you do anything special? Must have been great. I know you've been planning something. And usually the couple looks at me and said, Well, one of the kids started throwing up and we didn't get a chance to leave. Um, You know what? There's a sick family member. Her parents are really in bad health and we're kind of waiting and seeing what's going to happen. Our relationship really isn't going good right now. We're just stressed out and there's just so much happening. But yet, they can still be grateful even on that day or that time period there's an anniversary. Same thing at work. Well, there's, I'm not getting along with the boss, but I love my job or I love my profession, but the company's not doing well, my coworkers aren't really happy with me, but darn it, I made it to the year 20. And that's important, but it's hard to really celebrate when there's so much unhappiness or stress. You know, this October, I hit my 60th birthday. That's a big milestone. And uh, it happened that Sunny Slope Vikings traveled uh, on a game that night to Peoria to play Sunrise Mountain. It was my birthday, and I thought, man, that's the only place I want to be with my team. And uh, all the players said, Padre, Coach Padre, we're going to win this for you. We're going to win this for you. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Well, in that game, we got our butts kicked. We lost bad. (laughs) So I told the team after the game, do me a favor, don't do anything for me in the future. (laughs) So even though... It was sad in the sense that we lost. I loved every minute of it, because I was where I wanted to be. And the same thing can happen for our 40th anniversary. We celebrate the whole year, and maybe God willing, in the future soon, before this year is over with, we'll be in a position to really thank God even more than before. But 40 years says a lot, and what we do is like anyone in any anniversary or milestone, we're always grateful for God, even during times like this that we're really struggling and wanting to know what God wants of us. What an interesting gospel today. It's from the Gospel of John. And it's a story of a Samaritan woman at a well. And Jesus encounters her. Now, scripture scholars will tell us that that story most likely did not happen. And that's very common in the Bible. We know that through the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, synoptic means seen through the same eye. That's why those three earlier Gospels are very much similar. And none of them have any record of the community going into Samaria. In fact, in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus says, don't go in that area. That's not our mission. Because the Samaritans and Jews literally hated one another. We know in John's community, John was probably written around 90 A.D., many decades after Jesus' resurrection. And we know that community had Samaritans in it. And we also know that many women had important positions in John's community. And so that story is placed there probably to tell a powerful story about who Jesus is for that particular community, especially John and and for us today. Jesus breaks many barriers in order to talk to this person. First of all, he enters into Samaria. It's a place that no Jew would go there. It would be very dangerous, but that's a place that they don't talk to one another and they don't get along. The second thing, a Jewish male would never talk to a woman, especially in public like that, at the well, at the noontime. That doesn't happen. And yet Jesus also breaks that barrier and starts a conversation with her. In the desert, it's important that you capture water throughout so that you have water even during the dry season. And cisterns and pools are there for the water to drink. And what happens is after a while, the water becomes very yucky. It's bad, very sterile and very, very muddy and not very clean to drink, but yet you still need to drink that. And so when Jesus goes, he asks for her for some water, which is strange. And yet in the course of conversation, Jesus says, if you knew who was asking you, uh, you would know that I would be able to give you living water. You see, living water for the people then meant stream, running water, clear water. And her understanding of what Jesus says is, you mean you got arrowhead bottled water? Oh, much better than this stuff right here. Tell me more. What are you talking about? You see, for her in encountering Jesus, she wanted her material needs met. That's how she's thinking. Boy, if I have this water, then I don't have to drink all this bad water. Think about our world and our country and our parish right now, what we're going through. How many of us are praying to God that we go back to normal? That we go back to the way it was just a few weeks ago? See, that's our prayer to God. God, make it happen the way that I had it figure out. God, give me toilet paper. Hmm? God, fix my finances the way it was before. Help me live the life that it was just a few weeks ago. And that's how we pray pray to God sometimes. Meet my insecurities, my anxieties. Take them away and allow me then to live the way that I did just recently. I'm not worried about any personal growth or anything. Just make it happen. Isn't that where we usually pray with God? And that's understandable because we're in the midst of the unknown right now. And yet God continues, or rather Jesus continues to talk to the woman and says, you know what? This water I'm going to give you, you will never be thirsty again. Is that what you really want to hear? It sounds very pious and very holy. And that's not what you're thinking when you're searching for toilet paper or paper towels. That's not what you want to hear from Jesus. That's nice spiritual talk, but we'll do that when everything in my life has come together. But yet, what is he saying you will never thirst again? You see, what we're going through here now Some of you, what you're going through right now, you're going to make it through, and you will learn no longer to be fearful. Isn't that a gift? Some of you are already there because of other things you experience. You're not afraid. Other people are filled with anxiety and worry, and they're scared. It's never happened before. Some have a right to be because this is a real health crisis for them. And so when we hear all the news and all, we get very nervous. But yet, you will never thirst again because you're not afraid. Some of you are going to have courage like never before. Some of you are not very courageous right now. But maybe going through this, you will never thirst for courage because you will say, I understand better now. Some of you are going to be outstanding heroes. Some of you already are. But you will be a hero for someone who is elderly, who is sick, that you're going to check on, that you're going to care about, that you're going to share, that you're going to alleviate someone's anxiety or fear simply by being compassionate. And you're going to be some people's heroes. And you will learn that you can learn to give even in the midst of a perceived shortage. You will never thirst for that because you know what it is to share. You will never thirst because selfishness is part of not part of your life. For me, I've learned that I never thirst for unconditional love. I used to, but I don't anymore. About a year ago, you know that I had bypass surgery, and I you don't do it alone when you recover. You need a lot of help. And I'm a type of guy that doesn't like any help. I'm very private. I'm independent. I like to take care of myself. So it's very humbling to have to depend on people to do basic things. First time I've ever been cut open and first time I've ever had to recover. And you don't recover the next day. It takes a lot of time. But there were certain people in my life that I allowed in to see me most vulnerable. Do you know what these people did? They put aside their daily commitments to care for me, take me to the doctor, make sure I had my medicine, make sure I had plenty to eat, make sure that I wasn't afraid and just gave me their ear when I was scared and unsure. They loved me unconditional. Now, I would never wish this wrote on anyone. But yet, if that didn't happen, I would still be thirsting for unconditional love. You see, when you're a priest, a leader, someone who works with people, it's very common for people to love you conditionally. They love you because they're able to do something or you have a title or you like, but when you need to make a difficult decision, when you need to do what you think is right, when you need to say, this is where we need to go, or something happens where they find a failing in your life, they stop loving you. And that's common for me and for all of us in our lives. And some of us have never experienced unconditional love. But I want to let you know, I never thirst for unconditional love. It took a long time. And that was good, and yet it wasn't very good a year ago when I was there going, "Ah, I'm hurting. I don't know if I'm going to make this. This is taking forever to get well. And yet, if I didn't go through that, I would have never known what not being thirsty again is like. How about for you and I at this moment? Are we still stuck on toilet paper? Are we still stuck on making sure our finances are set? Because look at our lives. We are really lost because we've been so zeroed in on focus and making sure our kids go to practice make sure they get scholarships, making sure our businesses are running okay, making sure we have insurance and we have all the necessary things. They become the priority. And we are so driven that we get upset when people force laws, rules, and things. When our rhythm of life is changed, we get angry and we take it out on people because we have life figured out. And this is a wake-up moment. It's an invitation from Jesus. Just as he expressed an invitation to a deeper faith from that Samaritan woman, he's doing this to everyone here in our country, and the world, and here at St. Patrick's. Do you want to never thirst again? I don't know. My bank account's more important. I don't know. My security and having enough is more important. My daily structure that I loved and still need to do because there's a lot to do is more important than learning a lesson, Jesus. And we will continue on and go back to normal and we will continue to thirst. And so it's up to us. Some of you we'll never thirst again on certain things because you're going to learn something and Jesus is going to guide you. And it'll be up to you, whether toilet paper or living water, where you never thirst is more important. It's been a stressful week. I'm tired and so are you. I just now want to offer you a number of minutes just to be still with God. I'm tired, and I hope you are too. Just be with God for the next four to five minutes. Just be in his house. Just be with him and be with each other. Thank you for listening to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Homily Podcast. We are Christian disciples in mission.